after an off day yesterday, much needed off day. The Phillies back in action tonight up in Boston to face the Boston Red Sox. Aaron Nola takes it, of course. We all remember Aaron Nola in Boston last year pitching his best game of the season, in my opinion, and certainly one of the best starts we've seen from a Phillies pitcher in the past few years as Nola was just outstanding last year in Boston, manipulating the ball, making it go exactly where he wanted it to be. It was just a lights-out, awesome performance on national television, and we hope that tonight Aaron Nola can get back to that type of pitching performance in Boston because the Phillies need it. The Phillies need it, this team coming off a incredibly disappointing weekend after winning four straight, yet again, their max, four straight by taking that first game of the Padres series on Friday night. They dropped the next two in disappointing fashion, five to three on Saturday, three to two on Sunday. The bats yet again go cold. And the Phillies now yet again face an uphill battle trying to fight their way into a playoff spot as they still... A couple games back of a spot at the moment, tied with the Mets and a few other teams. It's a, it's a real cluster up in there. Uh, but we hope the Phillies can sort their way through it and figure out a way to get to a wild card. It's about 38 games left to play. We will see how it all shakes out. This is Philly Sedam, your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, August the 20th. As again, we come off an off day yesterday, needed off day. The Phillies, two off days this week, off Monday and Thursday. That is incredibly rare to see in the dog days of summer isn't that why it's called the dog days right because they play every day and it's grinding and all that stuff well no 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 this Phillies team will get two days off this week off yesterday then off again on Thursday after two in Boston before heading down to Miami for three those obviously as must win as it gets but this Phillies team really at the point with only 33 38 games left to play at a point where most games are must-win. Certainly must-win series throughout, through the end. And coming up a little later, we'll look at deeper detail at the schedule that is coming up as the Phillies. It's so frustrating because right now is the time they have to make a run. The schedule over the last three weeks of the season is just tough, and we'll get to it. But if they're going to make a run, it has to happen now, and you really felt like they were on the cusp of it. You really felt like that run was coming. The changeover from John Maley to Charlie Manuel. Manuel comes in. The offense bursts out for 11 runs that night. Then the next night we get the Harper walk-off Grand Slam, the six-run ninth, the best win of the season, the best win of the last few seasons, at least, to be frank. And that momentum just stalls. The momentum stalls yet again. Saturday and Sunday, the Phillies come back to earth. And even if they had lost Saturday and found a way to win Sunday or vice versa, I think we all would have felt so much better if they could have just won that series. But yet again... The Phillies disappoint, and they lose a series to a team that is just simply not as good as them in their home ballpark. So it is incredibly frustrating. And I want to start today talking about after the game, though, is I think, look, I think this last 38 games is going to be fascinating for where Gabe Kapler sits with this team and what his future is here. I have said many times over the course of this season that I believe personally that Gabe Kapler has to make the playoffs to keep his job after this season. And granted, that goes somewhat in contrast to the Bob Nightingale piece that came out that said that the Phillies just absolutely love Gabe Kapler and that 
you shouldn't just assume that he's going to be gone at the end of the season if they don't get to where they want to be. And if they make the playoffs, I think he's back, period. I, 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 I do. I think it's that simple. But if this team, and again, it's all perception, it's all how it plays out, if the Phillies claw and fight and come down to the last game of the season and miss the playoffs, maybe Kapler can keep his job in that situation. But if it continues on this trend where they just continue to play just disappointing enough to miss out on the playoffs by two or three games or obviously worse if they collapse. I legitimately think that that Kapler's job is on the line here. And I just, we're at the point where, again, I, I know that on a grand scheme of things, I don't think it matters a ton, but Gabe Kapler has to start. And, I, and he's not going to. I mean, let's be real. This is clearly who Gabe is. But the fact that Gabe, after that game on Sunday, after the 3-2 loss, comes out, and says after the game how proud he is of his guys, how they fought. He brings up that they faced 27 pitches against Kirby Yates in the ninth inning. He doesn't bring up that they struck out. It was 27 pitches leading to three strikeouts. Who cares? But Gabe just yet again with this tone-deaf approach to handling his post-game press conferences, to handling the way he talks to media, to handling the message that he puts out to the media. And again, I have said too many times to count on this very show that I don't need Gabe Kapler to come out and rip his players. I'm not one of those fans or whatever who looks at it and says, oh, he's got to throw him under the bus. I don't care. It doesn't bother me that he doesn't. What does bother to me is is that he treats us like we're idiots. He talks to us like we're stupid. Gabe, you can come out after a performance like that And instead of saying, I'm so proud, they fought so hard, come out and say, hey, we weren't good enough tonight. I'm not going to single anyone out, but we just didn't hit. We got two runs against Joey friggin' Lucchese. Not good enough. Not acceptable. We have to be better. Say that. Say any version of that. Say something approaching that. But, oh, my God, I'm done with it. I can't do it. I can't hear him come out and talk about how proud he is after. I can't talk about what warriors they were and all this BS. It's really soured this guy on a lot of people. A lot of fans don't like Gabe because he, he talks to us like we're stupid. Just be willing to be honest. Just don't be so tone deaf. And I think it also symbolizes a more systemic issue, potentially, with Kapler, a deeper issue that Kapler is never going to be negative. Kapler is never going to discipline his guys. And this is something that obviously came up yesterday over the weekend. Brian Snicker, manager of the Braves, benches Ronald Acuna after not running a ball out. Flat out benches him. Ronald Acuna, also known as the best player on that team. A 21-year-old. And Snickers sat him down and he said, he'll be better because of it. He gets it. He didn't do what he was supposed to do and he got punished for it. And guess what? Everyone understands that and moving forward, we're all going to be better because of it. I'm paraphrasing there, but that was the message that Snicker put out to the media. And you know what? He's so right. He is so right. That is the type of situation where, as we've seen with Gabe Kapler multiple times already, unless your name is Mike Franco, you're not going to get reprimanded for not running out of ball. We saw Cesar Hernandez do it. We saw Gene Segura do it twice. And the second time after there was a whole 
blow up about the first one, and he's on the first play of the game. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I said at the time I thought it was a huge mistake. And I understand that not everyone's motivated by the same type of thing. You know, certain guys need to be yelled at. Certain guys need to be treated with respect. I get that. I totally get that. I'm someone who doesn't respond to yelling. Like, if you're my boss and you yell at me, I'm going to shut down. If you're my boss and you treat me with respect and you value me, I'm going to kick butt for you. So I understand that. But what, what you have to understand as well when you're talking about this is that all 25 guys in that locker room don't handle things the same way. You can't tell me that every of those 25 guys in the locker room is someone who's going to respond better to soft love rather than tough love. Different things for different guys. More importantly, you have to set a standard. You have to have accountability. People in that locker room have to know who's in charge. You are the supervisor of that team. You are the manager of that team. You are in charge of everything happening on that field. And if I'm a player and I see the way you handle things and I see you, you know, being all positive after and saying, oh, everything's fine, I'm not going to take you seriously. And I'm not saying every player in the locker room is like that, but I guarantee you there are players in that locker room who don't take him seriously because of this stuff. And you look down in Atlanta for a first-place baseball team and the manager's doing the exact opposite of what Gabe did with his best player, no less. And I applaud Snicker for it. I thought it was the right move, just like I thought that it would have been the right move if Kapler had done it to Segura. And I just think it's a bigger issue. It's an issue where Gabe just, and again, we're not in that locker room, so a lot of this is conjecture and all that, but it just doesn't feel like he's got a real command. It doesn't feel like those guys in that locker room respect him in the way they need to. Like, sure, they might like him. They might think he's a good dude. They might be happy that he's there to, to, you know, be a part of it. But they certainly don't fear him. They certainly don't respect him the way they need to. They certainly don't think if I don't run this ball out, Gabe's going to chew me out or whatever. Because he hasn't been. He just goes in the media. And we don't know what happens behind closed doors and all that. I get it. But it is just so tone deaf. And it is so the wrong note for this city. And more importantly, I just think it's the wrong note for a manager to have. I think... There's no way you can have command respect. There's no way you can set a tone for the idea that there's accountability for every player in that locker room, that every player in that locker room better run his butt off. Every player in that locker room better play 100%. Or there will be repercussions. There have been no repercussions for anything unless your name is Mike Alfranco. It's just, I think it's a real issue. And I think that if they don't make the playoffs and if Gabe gets fired at the end of the season, I think we can look back at that and say, oh, that was a big reason why. Ultimately, winning and losing matters, but how do we know this team couldn't have been better if Segura had, had gotten sad? If, if there had been some level of accountability set in that locker room, if those players had said, all right, we're going to go fight for this guy, we believe in this guy. How many times have they not shown up this year? I know that's been something I brought up a bunch, but I'm sorry, at a certain point, that has to come back on Gabe Kapler. The fact that every big spot, this team just doesn't show up. Kapler has talked about how resilient they are and, oh, what a resilient group of guys and how hard they fight and blah, 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 blah. I haven't seen it. I've seen it in little short spurts. We saw it in that ninth inning, six runs, Harper Grand Slam. We saw it there, sure. When else? How many other times have we seen it? 
How often do we see it? Never. Never. What we see is we see a team that comes out for big series and craps the bed. What we see is a team that far too often doesn't show up on a nightly basis. How many times have we seen games where you just know three innings into it? All right, they're not scoring runs tonight. It's over. They don't have it. They're not going to score. How many times does that happen? Too many to count. So ultimately, I think that has to come back on Kapler. And I'm just, I'm really disappointed. With each game, with each post-game presser we hear from Gabe, with each time he says he's proud of the guys and they fought hard when they just stunk it up, when they didn't show up, or when they didn't have the, the fire that they needed to have, I get less and less enthused with Gabe. I really do. And I am, uh, you know, someone who's really, really defended Gabe for the most part. I would say I've certainly been more on the pro-Gabe side than most. And he's really started to lose me with this. And he lost me bit by bit. Specifically, the moment he started to lose me was with that decision to not bench Segura in that game in Washington when on the very first play of the game, Gene Segura didn't run the ball up. After what happened when Andrew McCutcheon tore his ACL and Gene Zagura's role in that, whatever you want to say it is, he didn't run out the ball there. We know that. After that, when he didn't see him there, it has been a, a bit of a steady decline in terms of my belief in Gabe. That's just what it is. And every time he talks after a game, I lose more belief in him. I just do. Because he's so tone deaf. Because there's no realness to him. There's nothing real about what he's saying. He's trying to BS us. He's treating people like we're idiots. We watched the baseball game. We know you guys didn't show up. You stunk. Just say it. Just say it. So that's where I'm at with Gabe. <laughs> that's where I'm at. And I, I just, I'm really frustrated. And, and I, I kind of lost it after this last one where he said he was proud of the guys. And he talked about how fought, how hard they fought Against Joey Lucchese, you pitched six innings, you about four hits. And against Kirby Yates in the ninth, who had to throw 27 pitches to get three strikeouts. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I think this 38 games, look, he keeps talking about a run. When? You got 38 games left. I don't think this team's going to run. As I've said, and I think ultimately, eventually, this season will play out the way it's going to play out. And Gabe Kapler won't be here next year. I, if I had to bet what's going to happen, that's what I'd bet. Because I don't think this team is good enough on, to go on a run. I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs. And I think the Kapler is going to have to to take the brunt of that in the end. And I think that ultimately, I think it's probably the right move. With where we're at right now and what we've seen, I think it's probably the right move. All right, coming up, we will address uh, what has been a, another big topic of discussion. The struggliest of the struggles. A man who is going through... A hell of a slump. We'll talk about that coming up. And then, as mentioned before, we'll look ahead to what's coming up this week, next week, and beyond as the last 38 games of the season. And there are some potholes here. There are some tough spots. Again, the next three weeks are everything for this Phillies team. If they can't gain games over the next three weeks, if they can't be in possession of the second wild card somehow over the next three weeks, I think you might even be able to just call it then. Because they got a really tough portion of the schedule to end the season, and this team has not been good enough to expect them to play well against good teams. But 
Uh, we'll see. We'll dive into that and uh, a whole lot more coming up in just a minute. It's Phillies Today. James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We're back. Phillies Today. James Seltzer coming up. In a few, we'll take a deeper look at the schedule coming up, starting out in Boston tonight and tomorrow night, two-game series and an off day, then to Miami for a three-game set. Is this the time the Phillies need to make some hay as it only gets harder from here after the next few weeks? But first, let's uh, take a minute, and I mentioned before, talk about the struggliest of the struggles and... I think we all know who I'm talking about here is Reese Hoskins talked about a little bit yesterday has just been mired in one of the worst slumps I've seen. Certainly the worst slump Reese has had as a professional baseball player, certainly at the major league level. He has just been an absolute mess. Reese Hoskins has been horrendous. How horrendous you ask since the all-star break Reese Hoskins in 33 games started is betting 168, 168. He's got an OBP of 315. This is a guy who, for the majority of the season, an OBP over 400, a 315 OBP, and even more damning, a slugging percentage of 336. Gross. That's a 651 OPS from a guy who's supposed to be one of the best hitters on the team since the All-Star break. Just horrendous. Only four homers, 11 RBI over that span. Rees is lost. He is absolutely lost. You can tell he's trying to pull everything. It is not working. He is a total mess. And I think you make an argument that Kaplan needs to move him down in the lineup. I know the leadoff spot, he thought maybe would hope to get him going. And, you know, despite all the other struggles, Hoskins still sees a lot of pitches. So at least from that perspective, I suppose there's something that he is forcing pitches to be thrown. But, I mean, he's a waste of a lineup spot right now. And I'm not saying you don't play him, but... I think it might be time to remove Reese down in the lineup. Make him the six-hitter. Make him the seven-hitter. Get him some more low-leverage at-bats, right? I mean, Romuto's been white hot. Harper's heating up. Segura's been hot. I mean, get all those guys at the top of the lineup. Move Hoskins down. Take a little pressure off him because right now he is a disaster. Now, one possible optimistic hope, and I might be grabbing at straws here, but I do hope... That the fact that this week, yesterday and Thursday, will be the first off days since Charlie Manuel has come back to this team. So you hope, and I guarantee you, Charlie Charlie knows his number one project right now is to fix Reese Hoskins. His, Reese is just broken. And I hope that with a couple off days this week, that Charlie will have the time to work with Reese, to, to go to him and to try and figure out what's happening and what they can do to fix it because Reese Hoskins is a great hitter. We know that. Reese Hoskins just didn't all of a sudden start sucking. That's not the way it works. He is just ice cold. And we have seen in the past with Hoskins when he's gone on these cold streaks that he's one of those types of players who can really turn it like that. Like in, a, in the drop of that, all of a sudden he's hot again and he's feeling it and he's locked in and he's seeing the ball and all that. So... You got to hope, we got to pray that Charlie can see something there, see a mechanical flaw, see a, a, a mental flaw, whatever it is, and can help adjust and fix Reese Hoskins because Reese is a disaster right now. He's the worst hitter in the lineup. He's been one of the worst hitters in baseball since the All-Star break. Maybe the worst. He's up there. He's In terms of someone who's got consistent playing time, he's among the worst hitters in baseball since the All-Star break. 
And it and it's crazy to think that we talk so much about this offense and how it's the key to the season and if the only chance they have and all that. And we talked a lot about Bryce Harper and how that was the guy who needed to turn it around. That's the guy who could change the course of this season by himself if he could turn it around. And it seems like Harper's doing that. Harper's been great, having a great month of August. Obviously, we know the highlights. But if they could get Rees going too, if Charlie could fix Rees, and then all of a sudden you got a hot Harper, a hot Rees, a hot Romuto, a hot Segura, Dickerson, Kingery, it's a, a good lineup all of a sudden. All of a sudden, that's the kind of lineup you feel you can go to battle with. But man... It all comes down to Rees not stinking. And right now, I don't know when that's going to happen. Again, we've always seen him pull out of these slumps. But, man, this is the worst slump he's ever had. And it has not gotten any better. Um, So, you got to hope. I really, really hope that these off days here will give Charlie a chance to really work with him. To really take a look and see what the heck's going on, Rees. Let's figure this out. Let's... You know, find out what the issue is and correct it. As um, again, man, it's just been—it has been rough. It has been rough to watch Reese Hoskins. It's been rough to see him turn into this type of uh, type of player because we know how much better he is. We know how good he is, and we know how smart it or he is, and we know that he should be better than this. So I hope it works. I hope Charlie can help him out. We'll keep our eye on it, obviously, as uh, we'll see if he's still at the top of the lineup and all that. All right, tonight. Back at it, 7-10 start. Aaron Nola against Brian Johnson for the Red Sox. Definitive advantage for the Phillies there. And then game two tomorrow night, Drew Smiley against Rick Porcello up in Boston. Then an off day. Then they go to Miami for three. Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Miami. And then this is what I was talking about before, where this is really the portion of the schedule they have to make their hay. They have three at home versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh stinks, one of the two worst teams in the National League. Three at home versus the Mets. The Mets don't stink. The Mets obviously right there with the Phillies, but the Phillies have obviously had a great read on the Mets this season. Have played them really well, so you hope that continues. Then they head to Cincinnati for four. The Reds continuing to kind of slide further and further out of it. Not a very good baseball team. Handleable for sure. Uh, And then the three against the Mets in New York, and that is through September 8th. So that is two against Boston, three in Miami. Three at home versus Pittsburgh. Three at home versus the Mets. Four in Cincinnati. Three in New York against the Mets. That is 18 games that will change the course of the season for the Phillies. That's it. Because after that, starting September 9th through the end of the season, you got three, excuse me, four at home against Atlanta. Two at home versus Boston. Then two Atlanta for three. Then to Cleveland for three. Cleveland, a playoff team winning the Central right now. Five in Washington. We all know how good the Nats are, and they're going to be fighting for it till the end. And then three at home versus Miami to end it, which is nice. That last part is nice. But, man, that string there, when you have to play Atlanta, you have to play Atlanta, Boston, Atlanta, Cleveland, Washington, that is tough. That is straight brutal. That is a haymaker of a field. And the Phillies need to make their hay over the next 18 games. They need to find a way to gain ground over these 18 games. Because if they go into that stretch to end the season of the last 20 games of the season against much better competition, and they're not in a wild guard spot, it's going to be really hard to imagine that they're going to beat all these good teams and do it. I mean, why should we believe that they're going to? 
So if it doesn't happen now, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So these are a huge series. And if they can go into Boston and, and take two or even split the series, that would be huge as then you get on that run against those last 15, 16 games against worst teams. The Mets, obviously not a worst team, but someone you think they can handle and then hopefully can go. From there, either way, it starts with Aaron Nola tonight in Boston. Must win with Nola, though. I really feel that way against Boston. Must win tonight. Must win game. So we'll see if Nola can show up like he did last time in Boston. If the Phillies' bats, more importantly, can show up as well. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.